Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, February the 11th of 2021. We always consider it a privilege to be able to come to you uh, through these airwaves, whatever means uh, that you're using to uh, uh, access this podcast. And uh, we thank God for you, the listener, and we welcome you today. We welcome you today, as always. Uh, with this, as you join us on this precious time where we study the Word of God, where we discuss the Word of God concerning uh, what's happening in this hour, concerning of what God is saying in this hour. We always try and attempt to, to view these, uh, the Word of God through a prophetic lens and always using, amen, establishing that that tremendous verse in chapter 19, verse 10 of the book of Revelation, where it says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, declaring in Isaiah 46, 10, that, that he declares the end from the beginning. And that's the principles that we look at the word of God with, always with the intent of finding Jesus. And let me tell you something, uh, God is speaking in such a powerful way concerning the end times. And Brother Fernando, uh, today, uh, Brother Fernando is joining me in our panel. And uh, again, Brother Marty is not with us, but we hope to have him uh, soon with us in the next few days. Uh, we definitely always miss uh, our brother, his presence, and, and really the, the, the knowledge that God has given him uh, concerning these things. But meanwhile, we continue to pray for our brother, for the family, for the Chacon family, and uh, continue to keep them in your prayers. So, Brother Fernando, I'm excited. Man, we've been in a tremendous journey. Uh, we've been in Matthew 4 studying these things, and it looks like every time we've been able to come here, God is always showing us uh, something concerning the life of Jesus. And I think it's very important what we're studying because it's the same thing that awaits us as the people of God. As we have been making the connections from the book of Exodus to the life of Jesus into what, as we study our Exodus in this hour. So I'm excited about the word, brother. And so I'm going to leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the word of God together. Amen. Thank you, uh, Pastor Jeremy. Welcome to today's podcast. Pray that, uh, the listeners are, are blessed and healthy and ready to get into the word of God. Amen. Uh, let's go back to the gospel of Matthew chapter four. We've been there quite a while, um, it seems. And, and I feel like the Lord just continuously uh, is, is developing uh, what we've been studying. And, and it's hard to kind of move on from it. I think there's so much wealth, so much uh, uh, revelation in uh Really, the whole the whole Bible, like you said, when we apply the, the principle that we read about, read in Scripture, Revelations nineteen ten, that uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, and in Isaiah forty six ten, you said He declares the end from the beginning, and the beginning from the end, and from ancient times, declaring the things that are not yet done. Uh, we also use those key verses, right? They're, they're literally keys to unlocking Scripture. These these wonderful verses in Scripture. Uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, Now all these things happened unto them for are in samples. 
and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come, which is a fascinating verse, and he's saying some fascinating things. And what he's telling us is that when we read about the history of Israel, in particular the the Exodus and and the the wilderness experience and, and the going into the Promised Land, the crossing of the Jordan River, all those things, Israel's history, not just that story, but really the whole Old Testament, it's literally a, a, an incredible drama. It, it, it's a, it's like, like we said yesterday, it's a sequence of events, right? And, yeah. and they really are speaking at many levels. Practically for us, we can learn from the decision-making. We can learn from the attitude of Israel. We can learn from, from the ancient prophets, how they carry themselves. And, and, and we, we can see the, the word prophetically as well right, to whom the ends of the world has come to, so that we can be admonished, right? We are warned to not follow in the same footsteps as Israel of old did in the wilderness, where that whole generation died, right? And and only uh, two people enter the promised land, as we read in scripture. But but also, it's speaking that in many layers, right, the, the, the Word of God is just so amazing. It's, it's, it's like that onion you try to peel. It's just layer upon layer. It speaks at many levels. It's a manifold wisdom, right? But, but also what, what, what Scripture is trying to tell us, um, at some extent, really, it's really exactly what it's trying to tell us, is that the conflict between good and evil exists. And that's really what it's all about. The truth of the matter is, just to simplify the gospel, is it's, it's, it's a conflict between good and evil, between light and darkness. Right. There, there's literally two kinds of people in this world, not three, not four, two kinds. There is those that are the children of God, of the seed of Jesus, and then there's those who are the children of the devil, the seed of the devil. Jesus told the religious leaders of his day, right, you are of your father, the devil. He is your progenerator. He is your father. Think about that for a moment. So that's really what we see in Scripture. The whole Bible is a prophecy, right? It is a, a warning to us to, to, to take heed, right? If we think that we stand to take heed, lest we fall. We are to learn from from past history and apply it to our current and present time and to prepare ourselves for what's coming, right? But at the same time, we are not to be unaware of our spiritual surroundings. We spoke about that in the book of Colossians, right, that that when Satan sinned, it it brought about a cosmic disturbance where the whole universe was out of whack, was out of order because of of the sin of of Satan, right, and and so forth and so on. So we see that all things were affected, not just mankind here on planet Earth, but all things were affected, all of God's creations in heaven and in earth, whether visible or invisible, right? So, So... We've been studying Matthew chapter 4, the types and shadows, right? And again, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is a book of of, of parallels, right? We said that yesterday in movements, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes the types and shadows are identical. Sometimes they're not, but they're all similar. 
right? And they're trying to tell us something. It's literally just history repeating itself. We speak about prophecy being a cycle, right? It just it's, it's, it's the same thing replaying itself. Just each time it enlarges, it enlarges the information. It enlarges the revelation as to why prophecy repeats itself, because it is preparing us for its ultimate culmination. That's what we read about in the book of Revelation, right? What we see, understand this, what we see in the book of Revelation is the rebellion that took place before the foundation of the world in in, in heavenly places now finds itself in this planet, right? And that's really what we are seeing throughout history taking place. It is literally a war. Understand this. Who the devil is making war against is the believer. It's against Jesus Christ, his angels, and his children, us, his sons and his daughters, right, me and you, the believer who believes in Jesus Christ. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But we have to understand that, right? We, are, we have to understand that the devil is angry, the book of Revelation says. He's full of wrath against the woman and her seed. It's always been about that. It's always been about the seed, right? Mm. So mm. what we are heading to is a separation between good and evil, between God is trying to identify who his children are. God knows who his are, right? We read in, in, in the Gospel of Matthew uh, of that process right, uh, of separation in, in, in chapter 3 where John says this. Verse 9 of chapter 3 of Matthew, John says this, John the Baptist, and think not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up, notice, children unto Abraham. It's always been about seed, God's children. He is trying to find who his children are and who are the children of the devil. A purging, a cleansing is coming that will bring about and identify the true children of God. How do we know that? Because John the Baptist said that. Right? He says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which springeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He says, whose fan is in his hand, that winnowing fan. And he will thoroughly purge or cleanse his floor. Speaks of separation. And gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I'm going to try to focus today on, on what the gospel of Matthew, really the, the life and, and ministry of Jesus Christ, is trying to show us and reveal to us 
concerning this, this conflict of good and evil that literally predates us because that's what it's all about. We have to understand this, right? That's why it is so important when the gospel opens up. Think about it. The, the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew. When the New Testament go, opens up, look at what the first verse says. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then we begin to read about the genealogy of Jesus Christ and how that promised seed who was first given to who? Abraham. Right? You have to go back to Abraham. It is through Abraham that the prophecy of the Exodus was revealed. And in the studying of the Exodus, we find out uh, revelation concerning the coming of the Lord, concerning end times. But also, we understand that it was to Abraham that the promise was given to concerning a promised seed, the coming of Messiah, right? Uh, Romans, Romans 9, I think, in Hebrews, uh, I think 11, talks about that. The Lord told Abraham that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And we have a beautiful picture in Abraham and Isaac of God the Father and his son, right? So in the story of Abraham, we are getting insight into the relationship and the eternal unfolding plan of God, right, through this story, which is so powerful because this is where it all began. The, 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 the mystery of God began amongst the, the Godhead. It was a conversation that the Godhead had concerning how they would redeem mankind and redeem the cosmos, reconciling the whole world, the whole universe, both visible and invisible, right, that was tainted by the one who sinned from the beginning, that is Satan. So when we study the life of, of uh, the, the story of Abraham and Isaac, we see a beautiful picture of the plan of salvation, if we can see it. And so the gospel opens up this way, the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And in, in Matthew chapter 2, we have a, a picture of Exodus chapter 1. And we see that in Matthew 2, Herod kills uh, the, the, the boys under two years old, and we see that, that Pharaoh begins to kill out all the babies in Israel for fear, right, of a deliverer that would be born. And, and in Herod's case, for fear that a, a king to the Jews would be born, a threat to his power. But notice what they went after, the children, the seed. Seed. Right? And, and then in, and in chapter 3 of Matthew, again, we have uh, Jesus going through the, uh, being baptized by John in, in the Jordan River, a type of Israel passing through the Red Sea, right? In preparation for the wilderness experience, Jesus in chapter 4, and what we're reading here, goes, goes to the wilderness, driven by the Holy Spirit, and he has a battle with the devil, right? Incredible. Uh, so, Fernando, yeah. If I could just, if I could just interject something, uh, what, what we're speaking about, uh, 
we see a glimpse of that coming conflict also even in the Garden of Eden at the beginning of creation. When right. God tells the serpent, saying that I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, yes. we get is. a glimpse of what would take place, right? And and that would all begin really, like you said, in Abraham, right? But God was already warning us to see that this would take place. And so as you're right. talking about seed, that's what came to my mind. Um, that even at the beginning in the garden, God is already telling us about this conflict, right? <laughs> I'm going to put you uh, in enmity. In other words, hostility towards her seed, right? Mm -hmm. Between me and the woman. So it, it's powerful, brother. I just wanted to interject that. No, thank you for doing that. And, and it goes right along with what we're talking about. It, it you 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 have the woman and her seed, right? I think that was Genesis three fifteen. You read there. Yes, yes. Yeah, Genesis three fifteen. Right at the very beginning, he's declaring the end. Now, now let, let's go ahead and jump quickly uh, to Revelation uh, twelve, the last verse. If you can read that, Pastor. Sure. Verse seventeen, and. The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Again, we see the same picture at the beginning, right? The woman, the Lord gives the woman a prophecy concerning her seed, right? Yeah. And we know that Satan has his seed his children, right? And then at the end of the book of the Bible, we see the same picture. We see that the dragon now, he's called the dragon, right? And again, mm -hmm. that's why, that's why uh, the Holy Spirit designed it this way. He declares the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, right? In the book of Revelations, he's also called that old serpent, yes. right? a reminder to the beginning. And we see the dragon is wroth against the woman and the remnant of her seed. And he, he, notice what he does. He rages war against them. That's what's taking place. A war is raging between the seed of the devil and the seed of the woman or the seed of Jesus Christ. That's what's at stake here. Let me, let me explain this. The disobedience that we see in the garden, the rebellion that took place in the garden with Adam and Eve when they transgressed against God and disobeyed him, it's the same disobedience and rebellion that you see in the wilderness experience with the children of Israel, right? That's right. why when, when, you, when, you, uh, when you go on and read past the Exodus and scriptures, and Israel always rebels against God, God always brings them to, marry, to memory what their forefathers did in the wilderness. That their sin is like, the, and the rebellion is like the rebellion of their forefathers in the wilderness, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and so the, 
the same rebellion, disobedience we see at the end of time in the book of Revelation, it's the same. But it all goes back and predates mankind and this planet. It goes back to the beginning. So all we're seeing in Scripture through these stories, we're getting insight into the eternal plan of God, how sin originated, why it took the Son of God to deal with sin and death, and how God ultimately is going to uh, subdue this originator of sin. And who it is that this rebel called Satan is coming against and who he intends to make war against. He intends to make war against the seed of Christ. Understand this, church of God. The Mm -hmm. system of this world is led by Satan himself, and he is the ruler and king of this world. And what is taking place before our very own eyes, if you have eyes to see, is just that. He is beginning to rage war, to, to wage war against the seed of Jesus. Those who have the commandments of Christ and those who, who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's why um the, the, the what you're saying, brother, that's why we see when we read things like what we've been quoting, you've been quoting First Corinthians ten. When Paul tells the people, he says, Brethren, I would that you should that I would not that you should be ignorant. It's a very strong word. And it is there, he's saying, go back and study the story of the book of Exodus. Because in there, you know, what you're talking about, you know, we'll, we'll learn how the enemy comes against us, but also so that we can learn from the mistakes that our fathers made. Because at the right. end, most of them perished in the wilderness, right? At the end, most of them, he says, why? Because God was not pleased with many of them, and therefore they were overthrown in the wilderness. So. Whenever we get clues like this, look to read this, look to the book of Daniel. God is telling us something. And and it is. It, it it's a war. And it's a war against those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? Who carry that seed, Christ, in them. So, you know, just to again uh reiterate, reinforce, we need to understand. He's not just saying, Oh, look at the beautiful story, how God opened the red that's not what he's trying to tell us there. He's saying, do not be ignorant by looking and studying even at the mistakes that our fathers did. That's why they all perished right. in the wilderness. Amen. It says, yeah, and the dragon was wroth with the woman, full of wrath, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Let's go to First uh, John um First John chapter three. If we can go there, Pastor. Just to yes. add to what we're talking about. So we can further understand this confrontation that's taking place in chapter four of Matthew, this this conflict, right, between good and evil. Right? We see that the Son of God is identified in at the close of chapter three of Matthew. And now God and Jesus Christ in his ministry is going to begin to look for his children. 
he's going to begin to call out for his children. And we see that he goes and finds himself 12, right? 12 men who would be the fathers of the church. Right. Amen. In, in, in chapter 4 of, of, uh, of Matthew. Um, so let's go to First uh, John there, chapter 3. Let's read from verse 8, if you can, please. Yes. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the mm. devil sinneth from the beginning. Let, let's stop there for, for this... a moment. Let's, let's let's understand what he's saying here. He that commits sin is of the devil. Basically, he's saying if if you commit sin, you belong to him. He's your father. You're of his seed. He is the one that sinned from the beginning, right? Romans five uh, twelve, I believe, tells us that through one man sin entered into the world. And through sin, death. Sin did not originate with mankind. We have to go beyond a time that predates man to really understand the origination of sin. To understand the plan of salvation, we have to understand where sin originated and why it necessitated the very Son of God to come down to this world to reconcile the cosmos, the universe, the world, the, the visible world, and the invisible world, those things which can be seen and cannot be seen. That's why it necessitated the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Bible seems to be always pushing us back before time. It's challenging us to think further, beyond, to look within the veil, to see things spiritually. Right? Right. That is the wisdom of God. That is the will of his knowledge. It is the devil that sinned from the beginning. Right. And now we understand why it took the Son of God to be manifested. Go ahead, Pastor Jeremy. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. Do I continue? Keep reading to verse 10. Yes. Please. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, uh. the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God neither he that loveth not his brother. Yes. Amen. So we see, <laughs> we get a picture of what is taking place and why the things that are going to happen in these end times have to happen. Why it is that we must go through a wilderness experience in, in these last days. Why it is there is an hour of temptation that is coming. A purging is coming. An identification of the sons of God is going to take place just like it was, uh, uh, just like it took place with Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 3, where he was identified as the son of God. This is my beloved son, and who I am well pleased. Right? 
what's taking place is a purging, a separation between the sons of God, those are of, that are of his seed, of the seed of Jesus, and those who are the children of the devil. Two kinds of manifestations must take place, right? right. It says, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So this is what we see taking place in the earth today. This is why it necessitates the events that we read about in in the Exodus account, right? And in and, and the book of Revelation account, right? What we really see yeah. in the Exodus is just that. God was trying to bring about a children unto himself. Just like he did at the beginning. That was his intent with Adam and Eve. But the problem was that the generation that left Egypt perished because they rebelled against God. They came under satanic influence, under Satan himself. And they sinned against God. They tempted God. Except two men, right? Joshua and Caleb. So we see that Jesus is in the wilderness, and he gives us insight into what kind of influence the children of Israel came out uh, came under in their own wilderness experience. Mm-hmm. We also see that in the end of time in the book of Revelation, the church will go through tribulation, a wilderness experience, an hour of temptation. And, and when you study the word temptation in Revelation 3.10, right, where it talks about that, that an hour of temptation will come to try the whole world, the whole earth. The word temptation there uh, speaks of the temptation that Jesus Christ endured in the wilderness. So we see that at the end of time, the church will have to go through a wilderness-like experience where they will be under attack, where the devil will wage war against them. Contrary to what's being taught today in the church concerning end times, that we will not be enduring such things. Right? That's that's not what's being taught. We're told that we are going to, before any tribulation comes or any hour of temptation comes, that we're going to be, you know, raptured away. That's not what the scripture is saying. And that's not what we see. We must be prepared yeah we are facing a devil and are going to face a devil of the likes we have never seen that's right him who sinned from the beginning is about to manifest himself on the earth mm-hmm. we're seeing the events taking place around us that it's all setting and laying down the framework for this to take place We see what is taking place. I want to go to Matthew chapter four, which is which is um, where we've been at, and and through the three three temptations, we see many uh, uh, pictures and, and parallels of of the book of Revelation. But we also get insight into the very nature and character of Satan himself, right? 
we see in the three temptations, and and I want to bring that out, and and so we can understand what the Lord is trying to show us. And it's a beautiful thing, right? Because the Lord is teaching us things concerning our adversaries, the enemy of our souls, mm-hmm. right? No yeah. man goes to war unless he first studies his enemy and understands his tactics. And this is what the Lord is showing us concerning the devil himself. It's almost like the Lord is just uncovering this being who sealed up the sun. He's exposing him and his intentions through his own temptation in the wilderness. And we can see his, his, his pride and his haughtiness and his own delusion in thinking that he could tempt the Son of God, the very Word of God, to go against the Word. He is the Word. And so as he approaches Jesus Christ, he tries to approach each and one of us. And we have to learn. We have to learn what the Lord is showing us through these things. What's pretty amazing, what stood out to me in 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 the degrees of temptations that that uh, the devil tempted Jesus with, we see an ascension, an upward ascension through each temptation. If you look at a map, it's it's quite fascinating, right? When when you look at the locations of these three temptations, uh, when you look at a, a, a map from Israel, you look at the Judean. Uh, uh, Judean wilderness, it's it's more towards the south of Israel, and then that was the first place uh, where where the devil tempted Jesus Christ. The next place he takes him to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. If you go on a, on a map and you look at Jerusalem, Jerusalem is right in the middle, right? And then when you get to the third temptation. It says that the devil took him unto an exceeding high mountain, right? And, and you could do a little Google search on your own and, and put the highest point in Israel. The highest point in Israel is Mount Hermon, Mount Hermon. And it's near the Golan Heights, near Syria, at the very north of Israel. Really, <laughs> and this is quite interesting, where the tribe of Dan was. And we and we've done some studies on the tribe of Dan, and we said that that's that is where the Antichrist will come from. So that's that just gives us further uh, proof and credence to the fact that we believe that the devil wasn't just trying to tempt Jesus because he was the son of God. He didn't know fully that he was the son of God. That's why he asked the question: If you are the son of God, and, and, and we brought forth the case that Jesus, being a a a, a fulfillment of Moses. Um, and and, and our heavenly Moses, that Satan had his eyes on Jesus um, because he saw him as a, what's the word I'm looking for? As somebody whom he could possess, really, right? And and we went to the book of Jude yesterday, and you spoke about how uh, in the book of Jude, Jude verse 9, that there's a dispute between Satan and, and the angel Michael over the body of Moses. 
Right. And the question is, why did the devil want the body of Moses? Well, we know because he's always trying to possess the man. He did it with Judas, a, a foreshadow of the Antichrist. And, and we read it in, in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 13, that he possesses the man. He, there, he, there's given a, him a mouth to speak. That is the beast. Amen. So, so we okay. see that the devil in, in, in these temptations is taking Jesus Christ through an ascension, right? And he takes him all the way to the highest point of Israel, to the north parts of Israel, near the Golden Hinds in Mount Hermon. And again, why Mount Hermon? We know Mount Hermon, according to the book of Enoch, is the mountain where 200 angels made a covenant to corrupt mankind. And we read about this account in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, in the days of Noah, right? Uh, which is an incredible, incredible chapter. So we see here that the Lord, within these uh, temptations and the ascensions of these temptations, is revealing the very nature and character of Satan himself. And ultimately, in the future, at the end of time, whoever this man of sin is, this antichrist that will give himself over to the devil to be possessed, will be given the same temptations and the same offers that the devil is offering Jesus Christ, which is incredible. But he had no okay. idea that he, was, that he was talking to the Son of God, right? Go ahead, Pastor. You know, and if I could just add a little side note that I think it's important because you'd be surprised how many people have this idea when we think about the devil, Satan, as having two horns, a long tail, a fork, right? And that mm -hmm. it, the attacks that he brings are only like that. The, the, sophisticated, the sophisticated manner in which he came to Jesus wasn't in none of those forms. He came as an angel of light. He came as using the word of God. That That's amazing. He, he quoted scripture from the word of God. And that's what we have to also learn to discern, how the enemy is going to come against us. Not always how we think it is, right? He comes with the word. As he came in the beginning to, to Eve, he he came, he just changed it around. And, you know, the side note, and that's what I just wanted to say, is, is how the enemy comes. And look how he came to Jesus with the word, right? Quoting it. And that's what makes it so, uh, you know, that's, that's what makes it so, for, I don't know, for a lack of a, of a better word, the manner in which he came so sophisticated, right? And, and very, that is deceitful, Right? In trying yes. to get Jesus to doubt, are you the Son of God? <laughs> you know, and, right. and who to get him out of the Word, and, and that's what the temptation really is. It's a temptation of your, of your faith to get you out of the Word, to pull you out. And, and I think it's very important for the listener, for us to understand that the the enemy, the most dangerous temptation, is not. Drugs is not for a man. It's not a woman. It's not, you know what I mean? Uh, it's how he comes when he uses the word to trick us. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, you know, to add to what uh, you're saying. Yeah. No, and, and, and when you read the, the Three Temptations and their location, it is a veiled revelation of how the earth was plunged into darkness, right? The wilderness, the first location wow. where sure. Jesus receives his temptation, it's a picture of how the earth and where, where Satan was at. He was in the right. earth when he sinned. He plunged right. the world and it became a wilderness. And then we see his ascension to the temple, right? Mm, mm, that's good. A picture of the heavenly one. And then we see now that he takes them to a high mountain. Isaiah spoke of the Mount of Congregation. Let's read about that. Isaiah chapter 14. We see the same ascension. Yes. In verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, here it is, the ascension, I will ascend into heaven. Mm-hmm. I will exalt my throne. He was given his own throne, his own dominion, his own power by God. Above the stars of God, right? He says, I will also sit, this was a sin, upon the mount, it goes a mountain, mm. of the congregation in the sides of the north. Right? It says, I right. will ascend above the height of the clouds. Which tells you his location when iniquity was found in him. It was here on earth. And he made his ascension up through heaven to the to the Mount of Congregations to a specific area, the sides of the north. Right? right. Says I will ascend above the heights. Quite interesting. When you get to northern Israel, that area is called Golan Heights. Right? It's where it's near Mount Hermon, and really where the tribe of Dan was. Which is quite fascinating. So when you look at the when you look at the map of Israel, at the ancient map of Israel, it speaks of prophecy. Its locations speak prophetically to us if we have eyes to see. Right. Right. He right. says, "Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, mm. to the sides of the pit." So if we go back to the, the, the three temptations of Jesus Christ, we see the very character and nature mm. of Satan that we read about in Isaiah chapter 14 in the locations in which he takes Jesus. Mm. So what he's really telling Jesus by where he's taking him is basically join me in this yeah. rebellion. Oh, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah right that, that, that's Join tremendous me. so that, that's yes go ahead pastor no that, that's tremendous you're, you're you're the locations of where what you're just saying right now where jesus took jesus throughout the temptations right first in the wilderness then he takes him to the temple right and then he takes him mm-hmm. to the mountain 
and these are all different locations, but they what you said, they represent an ascension, which is what always the devil has wanted to do, right? At, at, as we read the last verse you read in Isaiah, that in Yahweh shall be like him. Isn't that the same poison that he gave Eve when he deceived yeah. Adam? He said, you shall be like him. Right. In other words, you'll ascend to his. That's what the devil has always wanted. I mean, how... Yeah, uh, you... Go ahead. How ignorant can the devil be to present this to the very son of God? <laughs> That's how exactly. he is, you know. I was, you know, for the lack of, you know, I won't use the other word. But, yeah, it's stupid, right? But no, how ignorant can you be in presenting he is. this? He is a ridiculous. He's a stupid, ridiculous being. That's what he is. He's a thief. That's right. right. No, you you get information in in the book of Isaiah, uh, the the verses we just read in in Isaiah 14, of what exactly he wanted. When it says the sides of the north, uh, the the word sides in the Hebrew means the the seat of procreation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And and, and the north literally means that dark or secret place of God, the sides of the north. So it was just telling us something very fascinating, that, that God in heaven has a particular location. It's, it's like a treasury, a secret, in which that power of procreation is in. So when he ascended to heaven, he wanted that. But that's only been given by the Father to his son. Right. You know... So when, when you speak about when you speak about Adam telling mm-hmm. or or Satan telling Adam you're gonna be like him, that's what he's basically telling him to have that kind right. of right power that's only that only belongs to Jesus Christ. That's right. Right, and the Book of Hebrews declares that mm-hmm. God speaks of His Son as co-creator with him, as being one with him. Yeah. He says, um, to which of the angels did he say that to? None other, but to Jesus Christ. And we see that's when pride entered Satan, because Satan was God's highest creation. The truth yeah. of the matter is, it was the Father and the Son that ultimately created him, because really Jesus is the word of the Father. <laughs> right, right. You, you know, um, it's, I think it's very, right. I think it's very interesting, brother Fernando, that before he was Satan, he was Lucifer, and the fact is, is He's that right in, he, yes, he had access to the mountain of God. He did. He had access to it because yeah. in Ezekiel, when the Bible says that I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. That's the very place he is cast off, right? Yes. And then he did have access to this sanctuary, but at the end, what did, what did, what did God tell, tell him? He said, thou hast defiled thy sanctuary, right? Yes. The very thing that he lost. You want to know why Satan hates you and me? Because in many ways, you know, the very thing that he lost, because he had access to these things. Is what God yeah. has given us. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think and it's, it's, it's interesting, right, that he's, 
right? He's, he's, he's asking, he's tempting God to the very thing he already had access to. But what? Iniquity was found in him when his heart was lifted up because of, his be- of thy beauty, he says. You corrupted thy wisdom by reason of, like you said, thy brightness. Incredible, Brother Fernando, wow. what, what, what's coming out of this. So it, it's, it's fascinating because in many ways, the drama we see in the fall in the garden is really what took place in heaven. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rebellion of Adam is really the rebellion of Satan. And when he rebelled against God, we're seeing it in time and space like a drama. God has given us insight into the unseen realm concerning right. this, how this whole sin issue started, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when Adam fell, he literally ca- or rebelled against God. He cast in his lot with Satan, and he became a son of Satan. And everybody that's been born since Adam is born according to the course of this world and the, the, the prince of the power of the air, the, the prince of the power of the breath, right? That spirit yes. now works through the children of disobedience, the Bible tells us, right? Again, we go back right. to what we said earlier. This is about two kinds of people. We see, the, we see in essence, two fathers. In in uh, in in the wilderness, we have Jesus, who has his mm-hmm. children, right? And we have Satan that has his. That's what Satan has always wanted. Yes, yes. He did. He did give birth to children, right? But everyone that's born of the devil dies, right? And everyone that is born of Jesus lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. And, and, and it says, and, and for his seed remaineth, the Bible says. Yes. And does not commit sin because he cannot sin because he is born of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Redeemed. Redeemed. That's the song my of the my. church. <laughs> my, my. Yes. Hallelujah. He, you know, he, he came down, came down looking for his children, right? Can we say, Brother Fernando, then that those who are sons of the devil, in reality, they join in the great transgression that happened in the beginning. Yes. Absolutely, it's the same That's disobedience, tremendous. right? It is, right? That's yes. why. I, you know, uh, in scripture it says that disobedience is as witchcraft. Right. It does. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what it says in the Bible. I'm like, well, man, that's kind of harsh, you know, to, to disobey. It's like witchcraft. Well, when you understand what disobedience truly is at its score. Right. To To be operating in the spirit of disobedience is to be operating in the spirit of the evil one. Matthew right. 5 tells us that. Just concerning lying, right? He says to, to, to lie and not keep a vow is to be operating under the spirit of the evil one. Go read it. Matthew chapter 5. Right? right. Lying. 
So, so yes, it's the same disobedience. When we reject Jesus Christ and his plan of salvation, we are literally joining in the transgression of the ages that originated with Lucifer, Satan. Absolutely. That's you know, what's at stake here. That's right. You know, uh, I uh, some time ago the Lord took me to Psalms 19, where uh, where the prayer of David, you know, and it took me aback, but I understood. You know, the Lord revealed it to me when He says, "Who can understand His errors? Cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me." But then look what He said: "Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great." transgression mm. he is referring to that fall he, he that david is talking Incredible. way back right from the before yes. the, the beginning of time uh, he's talking about the fall of satan and he says lord keep me innocent from that great transgression i don't want no part of it my god my god look what revelation this uh the, the psalmist david had concerning again the principle that that we always try to teach right he declares the end from the beginning to know the end you must first know what happened and took place where in the beginning yes that's what we're seeing incredible incredible that david had insight revelation into the you know he called it the great transgression and he likened his sin you know and connected it with the great transgression because that's really what sin is we just read right. it in first john he that committed sin yeah. is of the devil for the devil sinned sure. from the beginning that's where the great yes. transgression begun right and at the end of the day we're either manifesting mm. right mm. the works of right. god or the works of the devil but Jesus right. came to destroy the works of the devil that's right right look what Matthew Matthew 5 says the next chapter um, concerning this verse 16 let your light <laughs> quite interesting yeah. that he would use the word light right because Jesus is light so shine before men in the midst of this darkness Right, mm. that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Mm. Those who manifest the works of the devil do glorify their Father. Mm. They glorify Satan. Right, but those who are of the light. Hallelujah. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Let me say something. Jesus Christ is coming again. Yes. And he is Lord of Lords. And King of Kings. He's coming for a bride that loves him. Why? 
Yes. Because we have to? No. Because he loved us. Hallelujah. No greater love than this that a man would die for a friend. If that isn't love, my God, then what What is love? (laughs) Yeah. If that isn't love, then what is? There's an old song, you know, Grandpa Roy used to sing, if God is dead, then who's mm. just living in my soul? Remember that one? <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I feel that. I wish my, yeah. I, I wish, I wish my, my heart, soul. my soul would have windows, yeah. so the whole world could see that the Hallelujah. God that I serve, He yeah. loves me. He died oh, for me. He's never done me wrong one day of my life. He just loved me. Now I served the other split, the other guy split push, and he did me wrong, brother. <laughs> He did me wrong. He wanted to kill me. I was in the ICU for six days, stab wounds all over my body, on my way to hell. But Jesus, the light, reached down and loved me and gave me salvation and gave me a reason for living. And the moment I realized he loved me, I gave my heart to him and I said, I am your child. I I hadn't spoken to him for years, Pastor Jeremy. But when I came to him and hit my knees, you know what's the first thing I said? I'll never Uh, forget it. The first words that came out of my mouth was, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I became his son right there. I became of his seed. Yeah. Through Jesus. Yeah. What is it that we do now? We preach the gospel. We preach the gospel because there's many souls that are in darkness right now. I'm not going to finish this. We'll carry on tomorrow. But there's many souls that find themselves in the balance. They're casualties of war because they're unaware of this conflict of good and evil that is taking place. And I'm talking about believers too. We know. We can see it by the attitude that they carry. But they're unaware of the spiritual conflict that the, wor- that the word of God is trying to reveal to us. This is the knowledge of his will. that we have become partakers of this great inheritance in light. Let us not be a people who are unaware. Let us not be a people who are ignorant of these things. Let us examine ourselves. Let us consider what the Lord is saying. Let us put on the armor of God. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Let us fight for what's right. And I'm not talking about the sword, with the sword. I'm talking about let us fight with preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are those in this nation who, who, who want to stop the preaching of the gospel, but they are under the influence of the evil one, and they are his children. There is a door that is open to us that no man can close. And whatever door needs to be closed, God will close it. But we must hold on to his word. And that is the patience of the saints in this hour. Let the devil do what he might do. But like the three Hebrew children told the Babylonian king, you could throw us into the fire, you, you could do whatever you want. 
but we will not bow down and worship that idol. The Lord told Satan, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then the devil leaveth him. <laughs> and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. He left for a season. He stood on, he's still on the loose for right now. Like the old-time preachers used to say, search, read the end of the book. We win. Hallelujah. We win because Jesus won. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Polycarp, he was a disciple of John. And uh, as he was brought into the stadium to be martyred, the story says that he heard a voice from heaven saying, Be strong and show yourself a man, O Polycarp. And he said that as he was being taken to to die, the 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 consul, the proconsul, was urging him and telling him, "Swear, and I will set you at liberty." He said, "Swear, and I will set you at liberty." Just just reproach Christ. And Polycarp said, "Eighty six years have I served him, and he has done me no wrong." Yes. How? Can I blaspheme my king and my savior? My, my. What strength that these men had when they faced this trial. Many of us are going to face in this hour. I sense his presence. I sense his Holy Spirit moving and reminding you that all he's done is, is good to you. The fact that you are here, you're listening, you're right here. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know what condition you find yourself in. But know that God loves you. Hallelujah. What manner of love is this? God's love. That is the mystery of the word hidden is that he loved us before we loved him. We pray that you've been encouraged today with this study of the word. And we pray that you join us tomorrow, Lord willing. And uh, meanwhile, we encourage you. We pray God bless you. God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.